Dean had been with the company for 28 years, the last four at the main office. He had liked that, being home for dinner, sleeping in his own bed. But with downsizing and cutbacks, middle management suffers first. He had been given a choice, demotion or no job. With six kids, two in college, he couldn't afford to not have a job. At 56, he wasn't sure he would have any luck on the market. He took demotion. He pulled the big dog up to the terminal entrance and pulled the lever to open the door. Punch in hand, he stepped out. A young woman handed him a ticket. Perump, he asked her. You got family there? She shook her head negative. He looked at the other passengers and asked her, You going alone? She glared at him and said, What's it to you? Dean shrugged. It wasn't his problem. She looked like she was around 21, an adult, but she looked so small. He told her, Make sure your luggage is over there. She said, All I've got this, jerking her head back to indicate the knapsack slung over her shoulder. But he didn't hear her. He was already dealing with the woman behind her with three kids. The young woman settled into a seat midway to the back and pulled out her knapsack. The drive was a tedious one. Sometimes Dean wished there were more freeways. These winding highways were more work. Sure, they were graded and built to guide the vehicles along, but with the trucks knowing the road, wanting to do 80, and the cars puttering around at 45, it made maintaining the regulated 55 difficult. Did corporate understand? No. Do 55, save fuel, be on time. That was the mantra, spouted like it was easy peasy. They pulled into Furnace Creek, California. He stopped and opened the doors. 60 minutes for lunch, all out please. Dean threw over his shoulder as he yanked on the door lever. Passengers stumbled out of the AC into the blistering heat of Death Valley, pausing at the door, blinking at the unrelenting sun's glare. Dean noticed that the young woman hadn't moved. Excuse me, miss, but you have to disembark. I have to refuel and I can't do that with you on board. She looked up at him and asked, why? Dean said, those are the regulations. Look, they got a nice restaurant in there, good homestyle cooking. She held up a package of cheese and peanut butter crackers and said, I've got this for my lunch. Dean shook his head. That don't look like much lunch to me. You need to eat more. Dean liked his women filled out. His own sweet Ida tipped the scales at 325. He is worried about his missus lately because he thinks she might be losing a little bit of weight. Reduction in his salary had meant cutbacks. He'd rather her not be skipping out on meals. She was a good woman, busy with the church and the kids. She needed to keep up strength. Dean shook his head, returning to the here and now. The young woman had shoved her book back into the pack and was waiting for Dean to move aside. Once his last passenger had disembarked, he pulled over to the pumps. The handle was scalding hot in the desert sun. Once the gas started flowing, it became icy cold. The big dog was thirsty. He filled both tanks and moved it back into the parking lot. Once his paperwork was filled out, he made his way into the diner. 
All the tables were filled. The young woman sat by herself at the counter. Dean took a seat to the left of her knapsack. She didn't look up from her book. There was only a half-empty soda sitting in front of her. Dean put his thermos down on the counter, and he picked up the menu and started reading it over. Francine greeted Dean with a warm smile. Your usual today, hon, she said, placing a coffee mug in front of him. Dean smiled back. Sounds great. Francine filled his cup with coffee, picked up the thermos, and headed to the back. Dean looked over at the young woman, thinking she needed more meat on her bones, and asked, So, what did you order? Food's great here. It ain't as good as my Ida's, but then that would be a high order to reach. My Ida, she could make mud taste great. She's one in a million, that lady of mine. I hate leaving her on her own with the kids. My kids, they're mostly grown, but still two teenage boys and my 11-year-old daughter can be a handful. Charlie, he's my oldest. He's in cemetery. He seems to be always calling home, needing something or another. If I've told him once, I've told him a million times not to worry his mama. At least Mike is just down the road at the community college. He could come over to help his mama if it ever occurred him to do that. Dean made a mental note to call Mike and have him go over and check on Ida, and without a pile of laundry this time. My Ida, she does so much for her boys. She really needs to let them grow up. She's been fretting over our William. She doesn't think he should have quit school and joined up like he did. I think it will do the boy some good. William has no love of learning. Ida wanted him to go and help her brother on the farm, but... William doesn't care much for onions. They say he makes them smell funny. He looked over at the young woman. She looked slightly baffled as she wasn't quite sure what to say. Dean wondered what possessed him to rattle on like that. Francine came up with the basket of chicken fingers and fries. She refilled his coffee cup and took the young woman's glass away to refill it. Dean took one of the chicken fingers out and blew on it. You ought to try these. They're really great. Contrary to his appearance, Dean had always been a big eater. Doctor told him once he was blessed with a good metabolism. Didn't seem to matter how much he ate. Dean's weight rarely got above 135. Most of the guys he worked with gave him a hard time joking about tapeworms and such. People in his profession tended to develop a certain amount of padding on their backside. Dean had had a bit of a belly, but the last few months that had been melting away. The young woman tentatively took a chicken strip. Dean's enthusiasm was hard to resist. He pushed the honey mustard sauce closer to her, and he watched her as she tried. Dean thought, gosh, I hope she likes it. I'd hate to make her try something she hates. The young woman smiled. Dean relaxed. Good, huh? Have another. As Dean shifted his weight, he winced. The pain seemed to be getting worse. The young woman looked at him with concern. Dean waved it off. Must have pulled something loading the luggage. I'm not as young as I used to be. The woman said, You should see a doctor. Dean shook his head. Doctors cost too much money and they tell you something you already know. Dean then returned to his favorite topic of discussion, his Ida. Francine came back to check on him. Dean pushed the basket towards her and asked for it to be put to go. Francine handed him his thermos and a styrofoam box full of the chicken fingers and fries. 
Dean handed them over to the young woman. You take this. It's not as good cold, but still, it's quite tasty. Dean rounded up his other passengers, doing one more head count before closing the door and taking off. Furnace Creek was an okay place to visit, but not someplace anyone would really want to stay. The young woman looked out at the surreal landscape of the desert. The mountains looked like a painted backdrop in a bad movie. The blues, purples, and pinks were ground colors that didn't look natural. The strata were clearly visible, showing the trauma that had forced the mountains up. These were young mountains. They hadn't had a chance to be ground down. It seemed like you could see for miles the air was clear and bright. Dean winced again as he shifted his weight. Looking back, he saw that the young woman was fast asleep. He knew there wasn't much time left. Doctor was clear about that. Six months, probably less. He would have to tell his Ida soon, but not yet. She would insist that he would quit working. Once he went on disability, his pay would be cut. He needed to do a few more of these long runs for the bonus they paid. It wasn't like there was anything he could do about it. Doctor was very clear about that as well. He just hated the idea of leaving his Ida on her own. When they pulled into Las Vegas, the woman was still asleep. Dean went back and woke her up. I know your ticket said perump, but I really didn't think that was where you were wanting to go, so I've brought you all the way to Vegas. This is the end of my trip. If you really did want to go to Perump, you be here in the morning, and I'll take you back there first thing. The young woman looked at him gratefully and said thank you. As she was leaving, she turned around and said, You gotta tell your Ida. You gotta tell her soon. <laughs>